Philippians 2, 6-8 Jesus Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of his servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in the human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Welcome to Ridgeway Christian Church Daily Advent Devotional for Monday, December 4th, 2023. My name is Abigail Lipscomb, and I serve as an MS Lit production student at Bridgeway. Today, I'm going to talk about the power of hope in the Incarnation. We humans are weak, no? Compared to the eternal, everlasting power of God? Absolutely. We're hardly a speck of dust compared to God, but here's the thing. In this three-verse passage, the Apostle Paul tells us an incredible truth. Jesus, the Son of God, took the very form and nature of a human. Verse 6 tells us that Christ, who is God, became something unfathomably lower, a human. In fact, it even tells us that he did not use his divine nature for his own personal exaltation. What's more, the first part of verse 8 tells us that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died as a servant in the form of a lowly human. Reading further, verse 8 tells us that he didn't just die, but he died via crucifixion, on a cross. This is one of the worst fates imaginable. When crucified, you fight just to breathe, and the reason you die is from exhaustion and suffocation. You can't lift yourself on those nails to get another breath. So this divine being, Jesus Christ, God's only begotten son, died a criminal's death on a cross as a servant in the form of a normal, average human. So why does this mean anything to us? Well, for the biggest and most important reason, it was God's ultimate forgiveness of our sins forever. The crucifixion gave us this privilege and a gift to come to the Lord. Jesus lived the sinless human life we never could. And if that was all he did for us, dienu, as said in the Passover Seder, it would have been enough. But there's more to be gained from this knowledge. Isaiah 53 talks about the suffering servant who endures persecution on behalf of Israel. In verse 12 it says, Therefore I will divide with him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered among the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many, and he makes intercession for the transgressors. The book of Hebrews picks up on this passage from Isaiah and says about Jesus in chapter 7 verse 25, Consequently, he is able to save the uttermost who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Here, we learn that Jesus actually prays for us in heaven. He makes intercession. But Jesus didn't wait until he ascended to heaven to start interceding for humans. In Luke 23, 34, Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Christ intercedes for us because we humans are stupid, stubborn beings. Sorry to burst your bubble, but compared to the divine, we're primitive. We know not what we're doing, but sometimes we're so sure we do. With this reality check in mind, how comforting is it to know that Christ intercedes for us every day? And yet you have to wonder, why does he care so deeply about us? Even though Jesus was God, he went through so much to understand and relate to his creation. Jesus was tempted by Satan. He didn't just stand deadpan and cold as Satan offered or bribed. He experienced temptation. And he cried. Jesus cried. In John eleven thirty five, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. 
This is Jesus' response to the death of his close friend Lazarus and the pain it caused his family. Jesus visits the man's two sisters, Mary and Martha. John 11 verse 5 tells us that he loved these three people. While he was able to bring comfort to Martha with words and logic, Mary was broken and weeping and words could not bring peace to her soul. So he went out, joining her, and he asked to see the tomb. And he wept, he sobbed, he cried right alongside Mary. And he cries in the garden on the eve of his crucifixion. Imagine knowing the very date of your death, knowing your end is to come. One of the most painful, agonizing, gut-wrenchingly nauseating deaths to ever exist, and to still know it must be done. But even yet, Christ wept again. He prayed and he cried and he was so anxious and scared. Luke twenty-two forty-four even says that his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus knows us and he sees us. He knows every human struggle and he knows what emotions feel like. To anyone out there, no doubt he suffered that very same confusion, that stress, that anxiety that comes from growing older. He knows mental struggle. He knows soul struggles. And in a sense, you could almost say that he has that very same shared trauma that comes from life. Those same experiences that shape you and mature you. Those hard lessons. In turn, we know him. We can know and we can be sure that no struggle, no pain, and no issue is outside of his understanding. He knows what we struggle with. He's lived among a broken people, and he saw what life was like firsthand. This should encourage us to pray. Pray with no holding back, no second thoughts, no doubts of, what if my problem's too small, or is this too taboo, or is this too sinful? We know Christ intercedes. What if these intimate, knowing, first-hand experiences among mankind inspires his own intercession on our behalf? We can find hope in a powerful truth. We serve an incarnated God who knows our thoughts, feelings, and emotions so intimately and can sympathize and cry alongside us like he did with Mary. We can give God those raw feelings, give Jesus the first of everything. Jesus knows you, and he wants to cry with you. The Spirit thrives in fellowship, even in grief, and in Christ, we can know we are not alone. This is the power of hope in the Incarnation. I want to close by praying 1 Timothy 1, 15-17. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom we are the foremost. But we received mercy for this reason that in us, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who are to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of Ages, immortal, invisible, and the only God, be honor and glory forever. Amen.